1: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers 19-19. with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, the Fan
3: Welcome to the Fan Afternoon Show. I'm Scott Grodzki of CBS 58, joined by Sam Schmitz here on 1250 AM The Fan. We are coming to you live from Lakeland University Studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. I'd say it's a packed day of sports here in Wisconsin, but, uh, you know, not going to start off with a lie right off the top. We got a Brewers game going on later today. Otherwise... Fairly quiet day once again. That is that is life in August, Sam. But uh, Packers getting ready for their preseason game on Friday. The Bucks actually is some Giannis basketball going on today, playing in uh, Eurobasket. Uh, had a very impressive 20 minutes against Spain. Um, you know, it was just good to see a highlight from Giannis again. But I yeah. think the the big talker right now in Wisconsin sports obviously has to be the Brewers. Milwaukee has been uh, struggling, to say the least, since the Josh Hader trade. They've lost five of six, six of seven overall, going back to before that. But, uh, you know, it's baseball, and there's always time to turn things around, and there's certainly always time to turn things around when you are still in August. So that's where we're going to start today with, as the Brewers go through this next stretch of the season, they have some fairly big series coming up, two games set at home against Tampa, and then it's the Cardinals and the Dodgers. So that is the team you're chasing in the division and probably the best team in baseball, at least the best team in the National League. Despite everything that's happened over the last week, let's say the Brewers do go on a winning streak then. Let's say the Brewers win five in a row. Let's say they win six of eight during that stretch. Does that start to change the way you feel about this team? We have seen a a seismic shift in the way people are feeling about the Brewers right now based on how the last week went. Can it go the other way? Or is the damage done in some of the, um, in some people's minds because of the trade and because of the way that this team looks like they are set up for the postseason? To me, I think if they go on a run here, if they win a couple of games, and certainly if they win that Cardinals series, I'm right back to where I was three weeks ago. Do I think that the Brewers are a World Series favorite? No, I do not. I don't think they're a National League uh, pennant favorite. I think they're a playoff team, a division team, probably still favorite at the very least, a, a, a team with a real shot to win the division and a team that could get hot in the playoffs just like anyone else. And I have no problem with them being there. I'd love to say that they were going to be the the World Series favorite, but that wasn't the the flip side of not trading Josh Hader. They weren't going to be that anyway. The only way they'd be that is if they did what the Padres did and trade for, you know, half of Major League Baseball to add to their roster. So I, I'm very curious to hear what uh, what everyone else thinks on this. Do you go back to where you were a couple weeks ago if the Brewers start to get hot, or is the damage sort of done, Sam?
4: I think I'm kind of right there with you. If they do get hot, especially it's going to be interesting too, this this weekend series against the Cardinals, it's finally the first time they have a three-game series against mm-hmm. the Cardinals. this year, not a four-game series where the Brewers will win game one and win game four, but they'll lose game two and three. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there, but – we were kind of talking about it yesterday. Like, the Brewers need something to boost the team morale and just get this team over the hump of the Josh Ader trade to get them back on track and start having fun again, winning games. And I think this two-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays could be just that. If they end up taking both of these games, gets a pretty good team, all things considered, even though they're probably not going to end up being a serious start in the playoffs, the Tampa Bay Rays. But, yeah, if they can take this series against Tampa, get things going against the St. Louis Cardinals, get back in the division, and then who knows what's going to happen against the L.A. Dodgers. I mean, like we said – the Dodgers are certainly the juggernaut of all of baseball, but uh weird things happen in baseball where the Padres make all these moves and then now they're losing five straight. At the end of the day, so baseball is a weird thing. But um I, I do think I'm right there with you, Scott. Now like, it may sound like we're on different ends of the spectrum because when we talk about what we expect from the Brewers in the playoffs, it may be different. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said yesterday, they're going to be in this. They're going to be in this playoff race no matter what. Will they win the division or be a wild card team? I couldn't honestly tell you, but. I do still think that they're a playoff team at the end of the day. Now, what they do in the playoffs, that's that's a whole other conversation.
3: Absolutely, and uh, if you want to weigh in, we're eager to take your calls, 414-677-1250. Again, that's 414-677-1250 to call into the Fan Afternoon Show here on 1250 AM The Fan. I do think also, Sam, with the series coming up, just the short one against the Rays before you get into the major ones against the National League teams. You have a chance, too, with Freddie Peralta pitching today and with Brandon Woodruff pitching tomorrow to showcase some of that that pitching firepower that has been injured and hasn't exactly been what the crew were expecting to start this year. And, you know, if they are going to, to go on a run and if they are going to make any real damage in the playoffs, yes, they need their hitters to be more consistent. But the key is always going to be the pitching. And especially as the bullpen is currently—I don't want to say in flux. I think that has a negative connotation. I still think this is a good bullpen. But as the bullpen is currently figuring out what the new status quo is without Josh Hader, some of the responsibility falls to the starting pitchers. And for a guy like Freddie Peralta, who has been hurt and, frankly, hasn't been as good as he was last year when he hasn't been hurt— You'd really like to see something happen from him today to spark a turnaround not only for the team but but for him individually.
4: Where do you think he's going to be at pitch count wise? I think what game one was about seventy five pitches for him last week against the Pirates. I mean, hopefully, if he can get up to ninety five, that'll be great.
3: Yeah, I think he'll be somewhere in that eighty five to ninety range. Yeah. I, Craig Council usually doesn't really no I mean, e- even if he's healthy. Craig Council doesn't really let his pitchers go uh, crazy deep into games, especially when you know they're still. What two months left of pennant race here, right? And for a guy coming off injury, I, I I don't think he gets to 95. I think 90 would be the absolute max for him today.
4: I'm looking at the pitching matchups for today and tomorrow between the Brewers and Rays. So, obviously, a Freddie Prolton tonight and Brandon Woodruff tomorrow. It looks like Tam Bay looks like they might be going with the bullpen day today because they're yep. starting, yeah, they're, they're starting yeah. for tonight. Only has 10 innings under his belt so far, and is one in one. It has a nine ERA so. Look, if, if this, like I said, it doesn't matter who you're facing. doesn't matter if it's the Pirates, Reds. Right now, the Brewers need to win more than anything. And game one, especially with Freddie Peralta coming back, that could be a big springboard. But, man, you get the, the, the fact that you have Woodruff going tomorrow, who his last outing against the Rays coming off the IL, was, was dominant. It's got to be a pretty good starting point for the Milwaukee Brewers. So we shall see. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, unfortunately – Kind of Eric Lauer, especially his past couple of outings, it, it has really fallen on the pitching as far as, yeah, the offense has to step up, but look, pitching has to be better too. Eric Lauer has been very up and down ever since his hot start to the season. Mm-hmm. He's got to be better. And Ashby too. Ashby, yeah, Ashby as well, man. It's it's hard because Tim Allen and I were we're so high on the future of Aaron Ashby. And it's he's kind of in that point where look, Corbin it was even worse for Corbin Burns in his first couple mm-hmm. of years when he went into the starting rotation, had to figure it out in the pitching lab in Arizona. Unfortunately Ashby's just going through his you know growing pains right now and he's gotta cut down the walks. He's gotta cut down the, the you know the balls to strike ratio. But I believe but in the talent. There. I mean it,
3: it's, it's it's all there. there. He he definitely has the stuff and I mean his start after uh after signing the contract was great too. Yeah, I mean, against he, Colorado. He he's put some really good stuff on tape and he's put yeah. some really good games together. It's the consistency that's not really there yet. Uh, but it is something that as you project further along in the season and go into the playoffs, man, I think he's a real good weapon in the bullpen in the playoffs. Yeah. Him I mean, and he, he's not going to be starting. So yeah. it's uh, you you get him out there for one, two innings and he can throw 110 percent without worrying about throwing 70 pitches, 90 pitches. I, I, I think that this he, he it's a very similar trajectory to what we saw for a Corbin Burns or a Freddie Peralta when they were younger. And I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Burns, obviously, or even right. Peralta. We don't know. We'll see. But it's a similar idea of what is going to be asked from him now and what's going to be asked from him in October if the Brewers are playing.
4: you got to kind of figure out, too, because they figure they're probably going to go with a four-man rotation. Yeah. I mean, Hauser's probably going to have to go back into that bullpen as well. So I would think so. It I mean, depends on
3: how Lauer does the rest of the way, but yeah. I think so.
4: But, yeah, I mean, I, I think we're kind of in the, at the same level. Like, for right now, I mean— if the Brewers can get things going in this these next three series against the Rays, Cardinals, and Dodgers, I think uh, it might start persuading some people. I mean, now, look, we're not going to say, oh, like Tim Allen says, it's the, oh, man, it's still the 2022 championship season. I'm not there. But as far as getting into the playoffs, yes, yeah, I would feel very confident still at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, if they go on a good stretch here, you can go back to it's the 2022 NL Central Championship there you season, go. <laughs> but uh but even <laughs> you go. even that, it's not like they're going to put the Cardinals away in this this next stretch. I, I I do think though, you know, the flip side of this, if the struggles continue, you're never going to be done at this point in the season, but they go 2 and 6 on this stretch and and lose two or three or get swept by the Cardinals, you got you got trouble.
4: Right. So we uh, shall see because we, we
3: were talking yesterday on your confidence level and I think we were both at like a 5 where we're not bad uh, certainly not the eight that it was two weeks ago. They go on a bad stretch here and that confidence level drops down to a two or a three.
4: I agree. So we shall see. I mean, after this four game series against the Dodgers next week, I mean you have them in LA the week after about Chicago, two games two series against Chicago, and then a series at the end of the month against Pittsburgh, who unfortunately just swept you. Hopefully you can get some revenge there. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what they do now through the end of August. And then we all know how they do uh in the in September under Craig Council. So hopefully that continues going into this season as well. But yeah, and, yeah. and
3: again the the schedule lines up well. I mean, even in September, and again, we have to keep in mind they've just played six games against the Reds and Pirates and lost five of them. Yeah. But in September it is Diamondbacks under five hundred, Rockies under five hundred, Giants under five hundred, Reds under five hundred. Cardinals uh on the road is a tough two game series. Mm-hmm. Yankees at home, obviously a tough series, Mets at home. Uh Reds again under 500 and back to Cardinals then the Marlins who are also horrible this year. So right. that is that is a fairly easy schedule and that is a lot of home games also down the stretch for the Brewers. So they just they, this is probably the second toughest week of the year they have left other than that stretch where it's uh Cardinals, Mets and Yankees survive this thing, even thrive during this thing, you're good to go.
4: Yeah, we shall see. Coming up next though, we will dive into the we haven't really, you know, even before when uh, Marco Ozio spoke, we haven't even really had time to talk about that. So I think we'll talk about Marco Anasio's comments about the Hater trade. We didn't really give our thoughts on that, so I think we got to dive into that after the break here. Yeah,
3: and we'll and we'll play it for you too in case you, you you've missed it. You can hear what Marco Ananasio was saying about the trade and about the move, the decision to move on from Josh Hader, a four-time All-Star and three-time National League uh, Reliever of the Year. And, of course, if you want to chime in, call in 414-677-1250. Again, that's 414-677-1250. Or tweet us at 1250 AM the Fan. This is the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show. Before we dive into some comments from David Stearns and Mark Adonacio, be sure to check out... 2,400 Sports' is MLB coverage with Big Time Baseball. Former players Cody Decker and Tony Gwynn Jr., along with MLB insider John Heyman, sit down every week to cover all the moving parts of Major League Baseball on the field, in the clubhouse, and in the front office. These guys have you covered with complete breakdowns of every team and individual player worth noting on a week-to-week basis. New episodes of Big Time Baseball every Monday on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll dive into the front office of the Brewers here now as we... Get set for the Brewers to maybe have a restart and a respark to their season after a day off and getting set for a two-game series against Tampa before taking on the Cardinals and the Dodgers in a couple of crucial series in the uh, National League. David Stearns, president of baseball operations, is the one who is uh, ultimately pulling the trigger on any trade and any move. He was the one who uh, ultimately signed off on sending Josh Hader to the Padres. For Denelson lamette Taylor Rogers, and a couple of prospects, let's hear from him on the, uh, we'll say the, the rationale, the thought process behind shipping away a uh, All-Star closer.
5: Today's trade, as we said in the release, is about doing everything we can as an organization um, to continue our mission and our goal of giving our our team as many bites at the apple as we possibly can to sustain competitiveness um, and to avoid. Some of the um, some of the down cycles that we've seen throughout baseball uh, in the not too um, in the not too distant past. Um, as we look around the industry, um, teams that have been able to sustain consistent competitiveness, get into the playoffs, compete for the playoffs every single year. Uh, these are teams that at times have to make very difficult decisions, and today's decision to trade Josh Hader was a difficult decision. Um, We're thrilled with the amount of talent and the diversity of talent that we were able to get back in this trade. We were able to immediately add to our major league team and we were able to bring in two very high ceiling, very well regarded prospects uh, to continue to complement our system that will allow us to sustain competitiveness um, for for quite a while.
3: That's Brewers president of baseball operations, David Stearns, after the Josh Hader trade. Scott Grodzky joined by Sam Schmitz. And Sam, to me, I get it. I I, I really do. I, I think that there are a lot of pieces about this trade that I don't necessarily agree with. I think there are a lot of pieces in this trade that I think a lot of fans are upset about in terms of what you got back for Josh Hader, maybe being below what some people were expecting. There are certainly some concerns about having Denelson-Lamette be a fairly big part of the trade, only to be DFA'd, which is essentially released three days later. But I understand it. And I don't necessarily think they're wrong for doing it. It's a, it's a tough sell to any fan base. And frankly, you saw the reaction in the clubhouse. It's a tough sell to anyone in that clubhouse to do something that, Definitely looks like it is not helping you in the 2022 season. Yeah, I mean... And that's what this is. It, it does not look like it is helping you in the 2022 season. But I told you yesterday, I grew up a Marlins fan. I have seen what can happen if you don't look to the future and if you just go all in entirely. And it goes both ways. It has worked for two World Series for the Marlins. It has worked for a couple other teams. It worked for the Royals once they... uh draft and developed a bunch of guys, and then spent a little money before shipping people off. It, it has worked for teams. It has failed for teams. There is a huge upside and a possibly even bigger downside if you swing and miss at this.
4: Yeah, I, just, I think that's the, the main issue, though, is fans, you know, us especially in the media and, and the fans based on the callers from the previous weeks before the trade did happen, a lot of people were saying that, yeah, the Brewers probably should look into trading Josh Hader. Now, between the all-star, you know, the trade deadline and the offseason, that was another conversation. But there's very few that said, you know, keep Josh Hader because, you know, maybe maybe you should pay the all-star closer. But at the end of the day, I mean, we all knew that that money probably wasn't going to be spent on the closer. If anything, they were going to save it, hopefully, for the future for Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff, for one of those guys. But I think, yeah, I think, like you said, the problem with the fans and, and the front office and, and Mark Adonacio is just the return, for Josh Hader, I yep. think that's that's the part that just really makes Brewers fans kind of salty. And I mean, look, like you said, there's there's been players all throughout the history of the Brewers being in the small market that they are in that you just knew weren't going to be a part of this team going forward after the after the year that they did join the Brewers or where wherever their contract was, you know, do whatever. Now CeCe Sabathia is obviously a prime example. Brewers fans knew that. Just wasn't going to happen after that year that they traded for CC Sabathia that he was going to be gone. Um, Man, was that a
3: nice three months though? Oh
4: man, it was so worth it. Such a good three months that I think that there should be a statue of CC Sabathia (laughs) out in front of American Family Field. But that's a whole just just for three months of the year. I mean, my goodness. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's it's just part it's just part of the system. It's part of the economics of baseball and stuff like that. Not only do the the Brewers have to do stuff like this, but a bunch of other teams do. Like you said, if if they don't, they're just going to get stuck in this. This purgatory.
3: No, and no one wants to be in baseball purgatory because it's not it it it's real hard to break out of because it's not as simple as in in basketball. Not to say it's easy to break out of it in basketball, but in basketball, if you have an early draft pick and if you get the right guy, you're out of it. Right. It, it's as simple as getting one or two stars in baseball. You got to develop guys for years, and you have to have the right coaches in place. And I don't just mean Craig Council and then uh, major league level. I mean across the board from. From uh rookie ball all the way up through triple A. Yeah. And you're it, not
4: dealing with the luxury you're you're not dealing with salary caps either.
3: No, and, and that and that's a part of this that unfortunately it's not gonna change. It is a problem for the brewers. It has been a problem for the brewers forever. It's going to continue to be a problem. And it, it is tough to see. I, I think in some way, a lot of Brewers fans are now spoiled from watching the Bucks. If you got to watch a team get their superstar, develop him. And then be able to pay him the exact same salary, actually more money based on how the NBA does their uh, max salaries, but roughly the same amount of money as the Lakers would have or as the Knicks would have. So you didn't have to worry about that. Whereas Josh Hader, I I can't speak for him. I can't speak for how this was going to go. But in my opinion, and I think in most people's opinions, whether it was now at the end of the year or at the end of next year, once his contract was up in a year and a half, someone was going to offer him a lot more money than the Brewers can. Right, and he's gone. Oh man, and he's not wrong
4: for being gone. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was like, like you said with the NBA, I wish there was like a uh, super max type of thing for sure. small markets Bird where, rules or something like that. Yeah, yeah, where like you know smaller markets like the Brewers could offer more money for a Josh Hader than what the Yankees or, or Dodgers could have max offered him. But unfortunately, it's not the case, and it's unfortunately not going to be the case either for you know Woodruff and Burns e- or, yeah. either. But yeah, I mean, it's just on top of that, it, it's the position that he plays too. It's the the closer position is such a volatile thing for guys in their careers, and then mm-hmm. on top of that, I mean, we haven't even talked about the history of the two between Hader and the Brewers with how the arbitration cases have gone the past couple of years too. Yeah,
3: they have not been pretty. And it's also when you talk about the position, it's first of all, it's a very volatile position where you have seen some of the all time greats just lose it and it, it's done. Second of all, it's a position that right now the Brewers have the Brewers have another one. Yeah. And we'll see how Devin Williams does when he is the closer, if he is the closer. But it's not like you're going from Josh Hader to a guy who... You're not going from Josh Hader to, okay, we brought in Matt Bush and he's going to be the guy. And I like Matt Bush, by the way. I think it's a good good addition. But I like Matt Bush as a seventh-inning guy, a right. sixth-inning guy. <laughs> yeah. First um, out of the
4: bullpen, something like that, as yeah, opposed to he, he's, a, he's a
3: perfectly fine arm that I have no problem seeing uh, used yeah. in the playoffs. And I think they have another year on him, too, which is good to have. But... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it's just it's a very complicated trade because there's so much more to it than just trying to win right now or just trying to win in the future because they really are trying to somehow find a way to do both in a sport and in an economic system that is not designed to be fair in any way.
4: Yeah, I think it just boils down to, too, like, I think, you know, the Brewers front office, Mark and, you know, where the fans are, I think at the end of the day, like. Everyone's goal is to win the World Series. I just think it's the way it's coming off from the Brewers, especially that do they want to win a World Series? obviously, yes, they're 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 trying to, although it doesn't seem like it. They are trying to win a World Series at the end of the day, like everybody else's. But I just think the way they're conveying the message, I think they're being too honest if that makes sense. like maybe maybe a lot of the fans just a little bit make it seem like you know, because we I could try to find the comments from uh, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmol. Um, who's – I don't know why it provoked him, but he was asked about, you know, making the playoffs and all that. He said, you know, as the Cardinals manager, making the playoffs isn't good anymore It isn't good enough. The goal is to always win a World Series. Getting to the playoffs doesn't mean anything to me. So I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but um, even, like – even if you don't believe that you have a legitimate shot to win a World Series, like at least kind of make it, convey the message, seem like you are on the same page with the fans, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah. Well, let's let's hear the message again now from the source. Let's hear from uh, Mark Ananasio Brewer's owner, after the Hader trade a couple days ago. On the surface, trading a Josh Hader doesn't square with trying to win a World Series.
5: That's another, I think, common criticism of this deal. Yeah, I think that you have to ask David about. I mean, maybe you did, or if you didn't, you should. I know he also had a series of other trades that he wanted to do that, you know, didn't happen. And uh, you just have to ask him about that.
3: Yeah. Uh, So, uh, and you heard from David Stearns on on what he thought about the move as well. I mean, to me, I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about that. That whole interview, he went on to say that in the time that he has been owner uh, with David Stearns, he has not vetoed one of Stearns' moves one way or the other. And I think that's great. Uh I also think without firmly vetoing something, you can still send a message of what's going to happen financially with some of this stuff. So I don't I don't know. It, it's all it's all very needlessly complicated because baseball has a system that is not set up to reward small market teams and it's it's better than it's been in the past and Lord knows Bud Seelig did everything he could to make it as, as good as it can be for some of the small market teams. But when push comes to shove, in a year and a half, Josh Hader was very likely gone. And it's a matter of whether or not you wanted to get something for him now, get something for him in a half a year, or get almost nothing other than a couple of conditional draft picks in a year and a half.
4: Yeah, I mean, with with what Mark and Osio said though, I, mean, I think this goes back to maybe being too brutally honest again, because we once again we played David Stearns' comments and then we just played Mark Ananazio's comments. I mean, it's kind of to me it's kind of seems like a little a little weird because David Stearns is kind of making it seem like obviously he's doing it for the the fans and, and Mark's family and all that, like you said, because they're trying to do whatever it takes to avoid the long periods of rebuilding. And then you have Mark, you know, coming in the day after and saying, Essentially, Well, you know, I'm just doing this because David wanted to do it and I gave him all the freedom. So it's like nobody's and granted, like obviously, they're their front office. They're professionals. They don't really need to kind of take responsibility if fans are mad one way or the other. But, like, it just kind of seems like they're both kind of pushing blame off of one well, another well it's just,
3: it's just a weird spot. It's yeah. a weird spot to be in because this is not something that usually i I think they, and again, i I'm speaking for them. I, I don't yeah. know what's in their mind. but I, I think, to some extent, they feel like they have to explain themselves, and that's not typically what happens because typically the first-place team adds a couple of pieces. You don't trade a, a, an all-star, and a team that does get rid of an all-star is a team like the Cubs this year, which I don't know how they didn't trade their guys, but a team like the Cubs this year where you want to trade them so you can get as many good players in the future uh, coming down. It, it's It was a very odd mix, and it was a very... It was a unique look across the board, the way that this trade went. And again, I understand why they did it. I understand why they felt that it was the right move. Uh, but it was definitely, you know, I, I can't say I'm shocked that it's been a controversial move across uh, Brewers fan base.
4: All right. Coming up next here we will continue to talk Brewers before we speak to Jeff Cirillo at 345. We hear from the former Brewer and potential scout for the Los Angeles Angels as well hear from him as well get your once again if you guys want to call in, feel free 414-677-1250 you can also tweet us at 1250 a.m. the fan will read some of your guys' comments as well it's the fan afternoon show along with scott grotsky myself sam schmitz More coming up here at 1250 a.m the fans
2: selling a little or a lot
1: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon
3: Show. Scott Grodzki and Sam Schmitz. Remember to never miss a moment from the fan again with the free Odyssey app. You can download the Fan Afternoon Show and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. We're talking a little Brewers baseball as they... Get ready to start a pretty important stretch of eight games, two against the Rays, three against the Cardinals, three against the Dodgers. Important in part because they are against two of the teams you're chasing in the National League and a pretty good team in the American League as well, and in part just for morale, the way that things have gone over the last week. The Brewers definitely seem to be one of those teams that needs a win and maybe a couple of wins in a row to to get themselves back on track, Sam. I think both of us are on the same page in terms of it's going to happen. Don't know that it's going to happen today, tomorrow, into Thursday, or if it's going to happen Thursday to Saturday. At some point, this team is going to start winning a couple of games and stringing them together and getting back to being the playoff caliber team that they are. Uh, My question to you as we move forward through what could be a playoff run for the Brewers, you know they have the pitching that can compete, and you know they have the pitching that can win any seven-game series. Do they have enough Hitting to where you actually think they have a chance to to make a real run. I I think, let's say in the the wild card round, uh, the way it is this year, it's what three games at home. I believe uh, yeah. if the Brewers win the division, I would imagine even against the Dodgers, who won't be in that game, they'll buy. But even against the best team in baseball, you can win a three game series. Anyone can win a three game series or lose a three game series. Can they win a seven game series against a, a team with a, a more stacked lineup?
4: You know, I was just going to bring up the teams that are competing for you know the, their divisions and the wild card spots in the National League. You know, just looking at some of these lineups, when it comes to that question about can they win, win, you know, just win a wild card series against some of these teams that are competing for these playoff spots, I just I'm so fearful of what happened last year. Where I really do think that I'm not I'm not worried about the starting pitching, obviously with Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. I think they'll do fine. Once again, like maybe a run or two given up in some of those games, but <laughs> I'm just worried about can this offense just at least score yeah, you know, but for, more for than that, a run for that for
3: that short wild card stretch all it takes is like i mean if jack peterson was on the brewers last year and not the Braves yeah. the brewers win that series
4: right but i mean at the end of the day like that some of those games all they had to do is put up two runs and no, unfortunately they couldn't do that and yeah. i'm just i'm kind of fearful because like we were talking about too i mean a lot of these teams that are competing for these playoff spots i mean they are three deep too in their rotations if not mm-hmm. even more deeper than the brewers which is kind of crazy to say when you talk about the the Dodgers and the um the New York Mets and two stuff like that. But I mean, all those guys, I know it's name value. And at the end of the day, you got to go out and win the game. But looking at the Mets, I mean, they obviously have Pete Alonzo. They brought in Starling Marte and Jeff McNeil. He's finally back to looking like his Lindor all-star self,
3: Much better this year too.
4: Exactly. I mean, the Cardinals, granted, like we said with the Cardinals this year, every four game series, the Brewers end up winning the first and fourth game. And then they end up losing the second, and third game of the series. But, I'm sorry if I have to go in. If I'm a betting man, I'm going with the offense that has a Goldschmidt and Arenado. Along yeah, with, see, it,
3: it, to me, I, I think the Brewers are a better team, and I, I think it's yeah. the pitching that makes it that way. Uh, and maybe I'm doing uh, the costly mistake of uh, under under evaluating Adam Wainwright for the
4: 20th straight year. Uh, but I well, just, the Cardinals, especially, yeah. But I, the, that offense, yeah. man. I mean. I,
3: no, their offense is certainly more consistent, but even that, some of the Cardinals offense, once you get outside of those two guys, yeah. Tommy Edmond was great to start the year. He has not been since. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. And I, and I feel like the Brewers will see if they can keep up what's been happening. But as bad as this last week's stretch has been, since the All-Star break, the offense hasn't been the problem. They, they've been hitting at a much better clip. Keston Hira came back a couple of days ago after tearing up the minors, which he always seems to tear up the minors. And you know, I'm not going to say, "Hey, Keston here is homeward in two straight games." That means he's back to being what we thought he was going to be two years ago. But at least he's—it's an option. Right. I mean, uh, the the stuff is there. They the guy has always had the talent, and it's always a possibility that that you know something clicked and he's back to the the guy that he looked like he was going to be. And if you add that, that's that's not a that's not something that should be brushed away. I mean, he he has potential to be that at the very least, number 5 hitter in the lineup who can be consistent. Maybe you put him at 2 or 4, whatever. Uh, Hunter Renfro has been every bit what the Brewers had to have been hoping he was going to be. I think some of the other guys, Andrew McCutcheon, he's been fine at times. He's had some times that weren't as great. Um, But between Renfro and what Christian Yelich has turned into as the leadoff hitter, you have more than you had the past few years. Yeah, It, It doesn't mean you have what the Dodgers have. It doesn't even mean you have what the Cardinals have. But it is a very different world than your Jed Jerkos, Ryan Healy's, and Justin Smokes.
4: You just better hope, too, that if the Brewers do get in a three-game series, that they don't face two lefties in a series. Because that's yeah. that's the one thing that this offense just can't figure out. And unfortunately, some of those guys that you brought in, like you said, the, the Renfros and McCutcheons... Well, here
3: I hit a homer off a lefty, so...
4: Yeah, just I I don't get that. How, I
3: don't understand that either, but hey, you know what? It happened two days ago, so...
4: Yeah, it's just you hope that those guys can... you know. Had, they unfortunately haven't been able to figure out the lefty problem. Some of the guys he brought in to fix that issue through the regular season, but hopefully that turns around the playoffs. But that's that's something that I do fear because although Jordan Montgomery and Jose Quintana, they don't – well, Jose Quintana does. Jose Quintana strike scares fears. you just yeah. because of – yeah. But what does what St. Louis do? Of course, they just go out and do nothing but add you know, left-handed pitching, essentially, and yeah. get rid of Harrison Bader. Um, so that does kind of fear me. But I th- I'm just looking at the wild card and the division standings right now. and I really think, look at the end of the day, the Dodgers, the Mets – And the Atlanta Braves, those guys, I think those teams have their, like, tickets punched pretty much already. They're going to be there. They're not going to be, you know – trying to fight off some of the lesser teams for wild-card spots and stuff like that. Yeah, and for I me, think at
3: this point the Padres are in too, yeah. and I realize they they're, aren't in terms of wins. They're but not going to be this they're,
4: bad. They're going to yeah. be up there too, yeah. So the Padres, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Mets, like those teams are going to be in there at the end of the day. I think what it boils down to, can the can the Milwaukee Brewers be right there with the Philadelphia Phillies, the Cardinals, and themselves? Mm-hmm. And the, I think those are the teams that you're really going to have to be kind of fighting for and you know comparing to and fending off.
3: And I and I think they're they're fine in that. I don't I don't yeah. think that I don't look at those three teams and say, oh man, those two teams are much better than the Brewers.
4: Yeah. I mean,
3: they have been for the last week, but it's a week. Right. I I think that the Brewers are every bit as talented as those teams. I think the Phillies probably are the best hitting of those three teams. The Cardinals are probably the most well-rounded, and the Brewers are the best pitching. Right. But, but it's not none of them. The Phillies don't have horrible pitching, and the Brewers yeah. do not have horrible hitting. No. It, it has been that way for a couple of years. It has seemed worse than it is. They are not that bad.
4: I mean, you look at Philly though, especially. I mean, outside of Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, like what do they have for starting pitching? Nothing. Exactly. And then they added David Robertson to the bullpen, but for a while they were relying on Corey Canable and you know guys like that in their bullpen. They Sir Dominguez. I think, too. They uh, added but I mean has got like a you. four ERA. And uh, the
3: problem is though, if you're talking about a three game series you don't need more than those two guys. Yeah. The issue for Philly will be getting to that three-game series uh, when you do need, you know, for the two months left in the season, they're certainly going to need to so, have yeah. them.
4: When you When you compare them to, you know, the Braves and the Dodgers and the Mets, I think then it gets a little tough to make a case. But when you're comparing them to the Cardinals, the Phillies, and some of the other teams competing for, I'm I, I, San Francisco right now they're like five and a half games back even of the Milwaukee Brewers so yeah. they have to go on a really hot run just to get into the wild card contention so I think you're just looking at you know I was a little surprised
3: they didn't sell more at the deadline I know honestly.
4: especially with uh Rodon and his yeah, contract situation he be gone Jack Peterson too uh-huh. um but yeah I mean I think those are the teams that you're going to be keeping an eye on pretty much for the rest of the second half of the season for the Milwaukee Brewers
3: yeah no I I, I tend to agree with you but I definitely I don't know I, I was a little taken aback yesterday by uh how aggressive the comments were in terms of no confidence in this team? Yeah. I mean... It, it, I mean, at, it, it is not over yet, guys. No.
4: <laughs> it, is, it just isn't. It's hard to remind people that, you know, it is 162, and short stretches don't mean much in the big picture. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it just boils down to fans are hungry. And um, yeah. it, it comes down to, yeah, it, it is good to keep on having this consecutive playoff success, but... Right now, I think fans are starting to get worried about the window with uh, this great starting pitching staff and trying to get something done before some of your top two guys, especially, are potentially gone. Like, you know, Woodruff and Burns. I mean, yeah. that's that's I think what this window boils down to. I think that's kind of why fans are getting so weaker now. As far as some of the comments we had yesterday when it comes to you know selling the team, yeah, I'm not even anywhere close no, to that. No, that's <laughs> so, not happening, nor should. That I can't happen, believe that but... even got brought up yesterday. Yeah,
3: I, I do think too. It's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of past history bias. I know Tim Allen talked about it a little bit of lumping in, you know, 50 years of Brewers baseball under this. I don't even think it's just Brewers baseball. I think there's also recent history of Bucks basketball,
4: yeah. recent Packers. history
3: of Packers football. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, man, the Bucks have been this good and they've been able to sustain it and they've been able to be elite for this long. Why can't all the teams do it? On the flip side, I think with the Packers, there's a little bit of fear of there has been this great stretch with Favre and Rodgers and two Super Bowls. We got to maximize when we have the chance with the Brewers. And that's just, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of factors that play into the way that, that people are reacting to this trade, reacting to the skid, and will be reacting when eventually there's a winning streak, too. I'm
4: just curious before we get to Jeff Cirillo, the thing I love about having, you know, the rotating hosts and all that is that I can ask you guys about stuff that has really been bothering us in the past. We've kind of beaten, you know, a dead horse with, but you've obviously heard about the Wisconsin sports curse and all that, right? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine where the Brewers and Packers fans would be, especially if the Bucs didn't win a championship?
3: Yeah, I mean, because I was here for it before it happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I Aside from hearing about the Wisconsin sports curse, I, I've lived it. Um, yeah. And I've lived it growing up around these teams, and I've lived it in the – this is, I think, my seventh Packers season that I've been here. I have covered, what, four NFC championship games that are all losses. Uh, I have covered, um, let's see, Badger basketball. I was there when they – Lost on the buzzer yeah. beater to Florida in the Sweet you the 16. You the Badgers in there too, man. Football it was uh, and basketball. Badger football, a couple of those Big Ten championship games. I was in Canada for some of that series four years ago where the Bucks lost uh, uh, Toronto in a series that they they had. They were up 2-0, and they were winning Game 3, and they they had it. And then they just dropped off. I was at Game 7 for the Dodgers. I mean, there there's a lot of it, uh, but I, I still remember before the Bucks championship which obviously bucks and six makes everything better oh man Um, just hearing
4: those words too and then seeing highlights of Giannis today
3: yeah yeah but (laughs) even before that there were times when I was I was thinking like okay is it a Wisconsin curse is it a me curse like is something happening oh but but even then I I would then remind myself like hey it's not Detroit no it's not Minnesota yeah that's the thing as as much as it 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 hurts to get so close and not get there at least, at, least you're, you're there. at least you're there. <laughs> right.
4: At least you are getting the bites out of the apple. Yeah. You know, as far as with all the sports in Wisconsin with the Badgers, you know, the Packers and and Bucks as well. So yeah, you're right. But I just I can only imagine if the Bucks didn't win that championship, that everything as if it wasn't dialed to, you know, ten right now with the hater trade. I think everybody would everything would have been dialed up to like, you know, twelve if yeah, uh, I, I, there wasn't I a think... championship in Wisconsin the yeah. past couple of years.
3: I think it would have been, it'd be definitely a different world and an uglier world, especially if not only if the Bucks wouldn't have won the championship, but if that injury to Giannis against the Hawks would have kept them out of the finals, that would have been a real tough one to come back from, not only in terms of you don't get to see the finals, but you have to live through the entire rest of the offseason and year with, oh man, we lost to a team that's... <laughs> I don't know what were the Hawks that year, the fifteenth best team in the NBA. Yeah, but you lost to them because of a freak injury to the best player in the world when you were right there, right on the edge. So I, I do think though the Bucks, the Bucks ended the sports curse for a little bit. Now it's just a matter of seeing the other teams if someone else can string together what they need for a playoff run to to get another championship. Right now, it's the Brewers who are on deck. They are out of the playoffs by a couple games, but still very much in the hunt. And when we come back on the Fan Afternoon Show, we will chat with Jeff Cirillo, former Brewer legend, about the current state of the team and where they're going from here. You are listening to the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM The Fan. Welcome back to the Fan Afternoon Show. Scott Goratsky alongside Sam Schmitz. And we're talking about Brewers baseball and Brewers maybe Needing a bat or two, like you know, maybe a two-time All-Star batting average right around three hundred. Jeff Cirillo joining us now, and uh, Jeff, you good to go out there?
6: How are you doing, Scott? Well, I probably I don't know. I might be able to make contact. You don't want to see me run anymore. I can promise you that
3: we could we could do it like you know, like uh, old youth baseball or something. If someone was hurt, where you can you can hit and then uh, I'm I'm probably not going to be the one to run either. We can have Sam run for you.
6: There you go. Let's play a little game over the line.
3: Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that works uh, perfect. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for for taking the time to join us. Of course, obviously, a former Brewer, currently a scout for the Los Angeles Angels. You can follow him on Twitter at the Icon Twenty uh, Six. Jeff. Obviously, it has been a uh, busy couple of weeks for the Brewers. I guess before we dive into the current uh, current lineup and the current composition of the Brewers team, what were your thoughts when you saw, obviously, as someone very plugged into baseball, uh, you saw first place Brewers team trading Josh Hader at the deadline.
2: Well,
6: I mean, it's so different, really, than than when I was playing there, right? I mean, you know, to have sustainable success in, a, in, in Milwaukee or in a mid, mid-level market, um, you know, you got to kind of constantly turn over, you know, or you go, one, go for it for one year to try and win the World Series, but it might set you back for the next four years. So, I mean, I think that uh, David has done an unbelievable job, and I think he trusts in, in what, what they're bringing and what he's getting back.
3: You uh, have a, a bit of a unique look at, at what they're getting back as someone who not only is stationed out in the West Coast, but is a scout for the Angels. I mean, we we everyone here is trying to figure out exactly what is coming from the uh, the two prospects of Estore Rees and uh, uh, Gasser, uh, the pitcher for uh, the Padres organization, both of them starting in the minors for the crew. What what do you see from those two guys? I don't know how familiar you are with the two of them
6: pretty good i never saw gas or pitch but i didn't see your whiz- reese play um you know he's just kind of your prototypical center fielder right he can seal a base he's got plus speed and, and he's a twitchy body and he's had some success in double a and, and he's got a little little dirt on spike in the major league this year so i mean it's just one of those ones it, it, center field's a hard position to fill it's a hard position to find that whether it be a de- defensive guy and, and you hopefully he's an everyday guy, but. but you don't know. At least there's a role for a guy that can steal a base and and play center field at the midget level.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Speed, uh, Speed's something you can't teach, and uh, he definitely has it with the amount of stolen bases he had uh, uh, so far this year in the minors. Uh, As you're looking at the current composition of this Brewers team, what do you see them as? Are they a playoff team? Are they a World Series threat? Are they a team that's going to be left out in October?
6: I think that they're definitely a World Series threat if they get it, just, just for the fact that they're starting pitching, right? They can line up with any other staff that's out there, especially for a short series. And, and, and you know, I think it's just one of those ones that, that Williams will have to step up and, and Foxberger and things like that and guys in the back end of the bullpen. But, you know, I think it all starts and stops with their starting pitching and, and that'll carry them. And if they get to the playoffs, then they'll be a formidable opponent in the playoffs.
3: Talking with former Brewers All-Star Jeff Cirillo, uh, obviously you you've had your fair share of ups and downs throughout a career it's just what happens in baseball it's what baseball is what do you see from Christian Yelich right now I I, obviously we saw two three years ago an MVP level player the last year or two it's not been an MVP level player we'll say that but since moving to the leadoff spot it, it seems like something has clicked for him is that is that how you view things as well
6: I would agree. I think that you know there, there's a reason why they they kind of play 162 games, and and you got to kind of trust the back of the baseball card, right? I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a guy that that, that played really well and he got 330 30 plate appearances up there, you know that's not a full season, right? So you got to go through the whole season and and look at the end of the season. There's no secrets. You either you either did well or you did not do well or you did average, and it seems like you know he's maybe he's being more selective. I think that you know. Yelich has always been a guy that's going to just work the counts and and spray the ball all over the field. He's almost like a prototypical leadoff hitter with some speed and ability to steal a base. And you know sometimes you put him in the three hole and and maybe kind of get out from what what you're trying to do or or what you're supposed to be. And you know maybe he's just getting back to kind of who he is. And he's just a a raw hitter. He's just a pure hitter. So
3: that's my take okay uh brewers brought back the 82 team uh earlier this weekend also honored uh prince fielder ryan braun and uh jonathan lucroy and and, and k rod uh you're in i think the walk of honor as well for for the brewers you, you played for a couple of different teams throughout your career but milwaukee was obviously the one that that you came up with what are your memories of you know playing here playing with the brewers and playing in wisconsin
6: well i got to play in both right i got to do miller park and Well, excuse me, new new name. <laughs> no, uh, you,
3: you played in Miller Park.
6: I did. I yeah. played at Miller Park, <laughs> and I also played at County Stadium. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got um, both. I'm glad I didn't do the other way around, or where I, where I started in Miller Park and then ended in County Stadium, because when you're playing County Stadium, you, you don't know any better, right? You're just trying to cut your teeth in the major leagues, and you're just happy to be in the major leagues. Um, two, obviously, completely different experiences, right? I mean, if the game was at 7.05, by goodness, you're going to play at 7.05 where, you know, if we're playing at County Stadium, you never knew, right, especially in April, rain delays and things like that. Uh, easy place to play, easy media, easy travel, uh, airports right there, fan-friendly, you know, just, just play hard. You know, that's that's kind of the, the Midwest roots of, of the people. You I know, mean, it's hardwired in there, and, and Milwaukee was always, I, I think that being drafted by the Brewers, no one treats you as well as the team that drafts you.
3: Okay, and I know we have talked before in the past about uh, sort of a bond between you and the fans as sort of a, a blue-collar city and a, a very workman-like uh, city for the Brewers. Did, did you have that anywhere else, or was that something that was special here?
6: I think it was special to Milwaukee, uh, to be honest with you. I think that I wasn't a really high draft pick, so it wasn't like a Gloss I wasn't Prince Fielder or Ryan Braun, right? This first-round pick, you know, I had to kind of fight and beg and borrow and chew to, to get to the major leagues as an 11th round pick. And, you know, I, I don't think I ever took it for granted. I think when, you know, when I was three for three and I made an out my last at bat, I was just, it, it hurt just the same as if going for over for four. And I think that, you know, I kind of wore my emotions on my sleeve and I think that that kind of transcended into a good experience and a great experience for fan and myself.
3: Yeah, definitely. You're listening to Jeff Cirillo, former brewer, current scout for the Los Angeles angels. You can find him on Twitter, at the Icon 26, uh, Jeff, obviously Sam and I have never really been inside a clubhouse. The What the Brewers are going through right now where there was that shock vac- factor, frankly, when uh, Josh Hader was traded for the team. I, I don't think it could have gone much worse after in terms of losing 5 of 6 and losing a couple of those games with the bullpen not pitching great. What turns that around for a team? Is it as simple as you know the Brewers go on a two-game winning streak and we forget this ever happened, or is it something that needs time? I mean, how does how does the player mentality go through this?
6: I think as players, we're we're all expecting you're, you're expecting to be with the Brewers for the whole season. You're expecting that that you know, teammate you look to the left and look to the right. You expect that they'll be there all year. But we also anticipate that something could happen. You could be traded anytime. You know, you could be moved up in the minor leagues or moved down in the minor leagues. So as far as transitions, as far as players transitioning in and out, um, you know, Hater probably there's a little sticker shock, and I think that it's just kind of magnified a little bit based on the fact that they lost two games, you know, that they were winning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, baseball is such a long season. It's it's a soap opera, and it's just, it's you know, it takes many, many twists and turns. You know, being with the Angels, I mean, what, we were 11 games over 500 and we had a, 15 game losing streak so it's one of those ones like i said at the end of the season 162 games you are you are what you are
3: do you ever get used to the soap opera or is it always something it's
6: always something sure i mean uh there's a lot of personalities in there and there's ups and downs and there's games you should have won there's games you should have lost but i will say this you know hitting is one of those things that's contagious and, and winning is too and sometimes when you when you lose games it's not that you're uh, you're it, anticipating to lose, but you're kind of, when you're winning, it's just like you're finding a way to win. And then when you're losing, it's like you're waiting to not get beat. And uh, sometimes it, it, it's it's weird, right? You go to a two or three game losing streak, and then all of a sudden guys are pressing or, or just everything seems to be a little bit more magnified when it comes to mistakes.
3: Okay. A couple more questions before I let you go. I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Uh, Brewers Cardinals, who's winning the division this year?
6: Oh man, that's a tough question to ask me. uh yeah, I'm so I go wait the till the end. <laughs> I'm going to go. Brewers? I'm going to go with the Brewers because I'm going to be a homer on this one. But I will say this: the Cardinals, the, that, that lineup is pretty. It's hard to navigate through that, right? And you just look what they did to the Yankees over this um, past weekend, right? I mean, you're like, okay, they can pitch and they can and they can slug with the big boys too. So. Uh, I I think that the look, it's a long way to go and the Brewers are a really good team with really really good pitching and a and a veteran kind of balanced mixture in there so and they know how to win baseball games.
3: Yeah. So I think no, it's can all the way through. They've certainly had 4 years of doing that making the playoffs 4 years in a row. Uh one last one before I I'll let you uh get off with us but um Brewers as they try to to get to the World Series for the first time since 82 win the first World Series you said you you do see them as World Series contenders what are the one or two things that you think need to change from now to then? Let's assume the starting pitching is still every bit as good. What needs to, well, gotta, to happen? I mean, playoff
6: baseball is one of those ones. I mean, you're going to go up against really good pitching, whether it be Clayton, Kirk Kershaw and the, and the Dodgers, you know, shoot Clayton Kershaw probably pitched the game three or four for the Dodgers. So they have three or four guys. So, you know, it's one of those ones where, um, you know, the pitching and then you're going to have to have some heroes show up and, and, and get big hits. And you know, I mean, Chris Taylor, Chris Taylor does make that catch in the left field. You know, the Brewers are probably going to the World Series and if the right fielder might, you know, didn't kick the ball against the Nationals. You never know. So, I mean, it's just it's one of those ones. Once you get in the in the playoff scenario, you know, it's just uh, it's not a matter of who gets hot. It's just, you know, there's a there's a lot of variables.
3: Yeah, always wild to think about what could have been, and that uh, it's still weird to me that Washington game when you think about it now. That between Grisham, Soto, and uh, Josh Hader, all three parts of that play are now on the same team, and the team was not involved in that game. But uh, that story for a different day. Uh, Jeff Cirillo, thank you so much for for joining us. Really appreciate it.
6: No problem. Have a great day.
3: See you guys. You too, Jeff. That is uh, former Brewer All-Star Jeff Cirillo, current scout for the Los Angeles Angels. You can find him on Twitter at the Icon Twenty Six. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a, applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at GreatMidwestBank.com today. If you want to join us here on the Fan Afternoon Show, you can always call in 414-677-1250. That's 414-677-1250. Talking a little Brewers baseball, and coming up after the break, we will transition a little bit to the Packers. And is there a different part of the offense that's more important to their success this year? then-quarterback Aaron Rodgers. will answer that coming up next.
0: Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color, starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be